Hi, and welcome to Women at Warp, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Join us on our continuing mission to explore intersectional diversity in infinite combinations. My name is Grace, and thanks for tuning in. Small crew today. With us, we've got the lovely Jara. Hello. Jara, it's just you and me today, which means that we are yes. going to be acting as our audience's sommelier of comfort and calm. Yes. Well, today's theme for the episode is comfort episodes. And the reason that no one else was able to join us today is that this episode hadn't been made yet. So people didn't know what Star Trek episodes to watch to feel better <laughs> when the world was a dumpster fire. So it's true. Yes. We're going to fill in and get you comforted. Yes. Light that way to Eden, like wrap your soul in fluffy blankets and give it a warm beverage via Star Trek. That's the plan for today. Just crawl into a pile of tribbles. Yeah, and then they'll start purring and you'll feel warm and fuzzy and, you know, surrounded by living hair, but still warm and fuzzy. Yes. So before we get into our main topic, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do first. Our show is made possible by our patrons on Patreon. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so for as little as a dollar a month. What? That's a crazy low price. And with that, you get awesome rewards from thanks on social media to silly watch-along commentaries. We're actively working on some new additional patron content. Visit www.patreon.com forward slash women at warp. Also, if you don't want to throw money at us, we understand times are tight. You can support us by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Just go out there and say that you're listening so we know you're out there and listening. We also now have merch. We have a Public store with new designs based on our banner art plus logos and some other non-podcast specific Trek designs. I might have a few up there, so check it out. You can check it out at tpublic.com forward slash stores forward slash women hit warp. Now, let's see. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we leap full force into comfort? No, I feel like that is all people really need right now. That is all the knowledge you need right now. Congratulations. You're caught up. You don't need to figure anything else out. Yes. Isn't that comforting? That's so comforting to know. Amazing. We had a lot, a lot, a lot of listener feedback of what people's, you know, go-to Star Trek episode is for times that they are just finding the world a little too much. And uh, so we're going to go through some of those, maybe in, maybe throw in some of ours. Grace, do you have one that you go to personally? I do. And I will definitely be the first to say it's not exactly the most upbeat episode, but it's one that I definitely find comfort in. And that is Deep Space Nine. Uh, it's only a paper moon. Aww. Which is the one where we see Nog having PTSD and seeking comfort hanging out in Vix. And I know that sounds like a very dark concept for a comfort episode. But for one thing, seeing someone actually go through, kind of be put through the ringer and then go through the process of trying to heal from it, it feels really cathartic to watch. And it's got some just incredible acting in it. And I I love a wacky aesthetic, so 60s Vegas works for me. But mostly it's just the fact that I have had times when I've been going through really rough times and just kind of sitting down and watching that episode to put myself in a place outside of my own fear and anxiety. But to see someone else going through that and to see that someone else can come out the other side of that has been really comforting for me. 
And I, I actually got to talk to Aaron about how much that episode meant to me. And he was an absolute sweetheart about it. So that that's just oh. going to be a very fond memory always for me. That's lovely. And yeah, I totally get what you're saying about some episodes being kind of go-to, especially, you know, because there's sometimes when you're like, I just want to forget that things are terrible. And sometimes you're just like, I just need a good cry. Yeah. And that's its own form of comfort. And I certainly feel like season three of Disco so far is has been really cathartic. Um, we'll see where it goes. But so far, I'm just going like, oh, my gosh, was this all just a metaphor for this year? <laughs> Yeah, like growth and hope and trusting people and... And fluffy cats. Oh, there's a lot of uh, big themes in there and yeah. these just kind of beautiful moments about persisting in kind of an unimaginable circumstance. Yeah, there's there's a lot to take away from this whole season already. It's kind of blowing my mind. Yes, for sure. And I mean, um, on the total other side of things, I would consider pretty much all of Lower Decks so far a comfort episode (laughs) or comfort worthy, comfort worthy. Um, Like it is obviously pretty hilarious. Like if I had to pick one, I couldn't pick which would be the comforting episode. It would just be like, let's just go rewatch Lower Decks. It's definitely one of those shows where there's just enough of it and it's enough jokes per minute that you can just have it going on in the background and be like, okay, I'm set for a couple of hours of something in the background that's brightly colored and making me laugh mm-hmm. which there's something to be said about yeah for sure yeah plus i've said it before and i'll say it again i uh, titmouse just does some beautiful animation sometimes <gasps> yeah yeah so nice and they're union now too Woo. yeah i know how cool is that that's very cool so you get to watch Lower Decks and feel better about watching it, knowing that they're one of the forces moving forward and unionizing the animation industry in Vancouver, which Yay. is neat. Yes. Super neat. I mean, maybe that's a good segue into one of our listener suggestions. Ooh, let's do it. Which was Bar Association. So this was ah! from SSRI Trek on Twitter. And they say, Bar Association has become my go-to as things have gotten more, well, 2020. I'm really involved in my union at work, and between Rom quoting Marx and O'Brien being willing to fistfight Worf for crossing a picket line, the episode both comforts and reinvigorates me. Oh, that is very well put. That is definitely one of those episodes where I know that I'm going to at least enjoy myself every time I watch it because it's going to leave me feeling fired up about at the risk of sounding sanctimonious, that there are things worth fighting for and the rights of the people are one of them. And that just feels good to see that that persists into space and that that is one of the ideas that can be spread around. Yeah, it's a super cute episode. It's really funny. And it it has a theme in there, um, but it's, you know, it's not getting, like, too, too serious. It's basically Newsies, but in space. Yeah. (laughs) Which I want everyone to pause and take a minute to imagine, especially the young Christian Bale part. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, that episode did need more tap dancing. I mean, don't they all? Tap dancing Ferengi waiters. (gasps) Yes, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Also, if you ever get the chance to, uh, I know I bring up other stuff a lot, but the Newsy Strike episode of Drunk History is just one of my must-watches yes. of that entire series. Yes. Oh, Drunk, drunk History. Segway, just another comfort TV show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And also, I, it's fun to see Jaylee Hole Haley, Haley Osment, which is the bizarro version of Haley Joel Osment, I assume. <laughs> you know, do, doing stuff again and being active. It's just like, ah! 
Oh, look at you! It's Haley Joel Osment with a goatee. Yes. Jaylee Hole Osment. <laughs> Jaylee Hole it would be a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, 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 the reverse universe version of him that didn't get his start as a child actor, but in fact got his start late in life as an adult film actor and then slowly progressed into serious roles. <laughs> Oh, wow. Good stuff. But yeah, that that really is such a fun episode to watch. And I love seeing how every year around Labor Day, people rediscover that episode. Yeah, it is a fun one. Yeah. Did you want to pick another one from our list? I would love to, because this is actually one that I just rewatched this morning specifically to get pumped for this episode. And that is Kaya, who writes for our blog. Check it out says, there are many. The one I rewatch the most is Carbon Creek. For me, the overall message is about compassion and looking past differences, the overall meaning of Trek. The people in the town welcome complete strangers and the Vulcan crew become part of the community. So for those of you who don't remember that episode, that is the one for Enterprise where T'Pol is relating that Vulcans actually came to Earth in the 50s to investigate the launching of Sputnik and ended up crash landing on uh, Earth and ending up in a small mining town and have to kind of learn to live with it and become part of the community for the time being. And it really is, I won't say a really good, I don't don't want to say bottle episode. That's not the phrase I'm looking for, but it's a really good standalone episode Mm -hmm. in that Kaya is correct. It really is a good sort of core sampling of the values of Star Trek. And also it's just a pretty good piece of sci-fi in terms of it being kind of kitchen sink sci-fi in terms of day-to-day life. It's very strange. And anytime you kind of stop and overanalyze it, you ask yourself, wow, I wonder what an alien would think of the way we just kind of do this. Yeah. And there's lots of like fun references. Like there's an I Love Lucy Easter egg in there. Gosh, I love that part. Uh, it's very cute. And like, uh, you know, she puts on the dress backwards, like the funny <laughs> kind of, what do you call Like a fish out of water kind of comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Jolene Blalock really sells the episode in terms of performance. It's one of those things where we're watching it. I'm just like, man, I wish she got as much to do every other episode as she does here. I also just like that, you know, she's telling this as a story to trip mm-hmm. and archer and is like totally smug about whether or not it happened and they're like refusing to believe it but um it's a nice you know it's nice when she gets to be kind of have the upper hand with them which doesn't happen that often it doesn't happen enough really if if you want to listen to like a deep dive critical look at this episode we compared it to the voyager episode 1159 in an episode of women at work that we called how i met your great 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 grandmother <laughs> so if you want to hear us go deep into that one but um it's a really sweet episode and you know the little nerdy boy who wants to go to college and they all are just like oh we are a species of nerdy boys let us help you (sighs) yeah it's very sweet definitely a feel-good episode definitely one that you walk away from feeling satisfied Mm -hmm. all right jara would you like to pick the next one yes Okay, I am going to go to one from Sarah, who Sarah on Twitter says that I'm, she's picking a movie instead of an episode, and it's First Contact. Ooh. The moment they turn on the Borg battle over the audio, I start crying. Then when they choose to defy Starfleet orders to travel back to fight, I cry again. Then when Adam Scott says, it's the Enterprise, Yay! I absolutely lose my <laughs> shit. Uh, it is... <sighs> I don't use this word a lot, but that movie is freaking epic in every sense. And 
you get the full blockbuster movie experience. You get the full Trek fan experience and you just get to feel everything. Yeah, there's action, there's fan service, there's, there's Lily values, there's, yeah. What more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, drunk Troy. Aside from more Lily Sloan, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and probably more Dr. Crusher. Um, yeah. <laughs> since Sue isn't here, we have to put in the Sue voice. It's true, we have to, we have to do the stand-in Sue standing. <laughs> there's like, I gotta go take a leak. I'm not detecting <laughs> any leaks. <laughs> you get super creepy Barclay. Yeah. You get Borgs, you get, uh, you get, uh, you get magnetized boots in space on the hull of the ship. Uh, and then <gasps> you get like the Vulcans land at the end and you know everything is going to be better. It's true. You get such a, yes, it only gets better from here ending. Yeah. Uh, feels so good. And also it's just a beautifully made movie. And mm-hmm. do you have a favorite part of First Contact that gets you up every time you see it i i really like the theme song for first contact and yeah so like even just you know right when i hear the music i start being like i really like the part where you know the you broke your little ships moment yeah the card has to realize that like this isn't the right decision and i've been pursuing this kind of like self-interested obsession to the detriment of my crew and it's it's a really powerful scene that uh, is uh, held up by two really great actors. And on the other end of the spectrum, I just really love when they get to be dressed up in the holodeck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, the doctor from Voyager cameo cracks me up every time. Yeah. <laughs> ah. uh, it's good. It really is. Also, like when they're when they like see the Phoenix for the first time and they're all like feeling the Phoenix and <laughs> Troy is like, do you need a moment or something? Or do I need to leave you boys alone? <laughs> I'm always gonna think back to that scene in Lower Decks now when they're doing just the big parody of all the Star Trek movies episode, and it's just the incredibly extended shot of the ship and everyone's just bursting into tears and freaking out over it. Yeah. I mean as much as I think we all wish that Troy and Crusher had better material in the movies, I think yeah. uh, that like sassy Troy is one of the best Troys. So I'm I'm very into First Contact sassy Troy. Yeah. Ah, good times. So for the next one, because it's another one that I know is one of my go-to feel-good ones, because I'm, I'm bringing it back to Deep Space Nine, because I love Deep Space Nine, and I love a dress-up episode, mm-hmm. which would be bada-bing, bada-bang. Kate says, bada bing, bada bang, of course. Gotta love heist antics and incredible costumes and a little bit of sociopolitical reflection and heaps of found family love. Cisco sings, the best is yet to come, and I cry every time. Yay. I love that one. We definitely had a couple snarky Twitter comments about bada bing, bada bang, (laughs) but we had more people who said it was a comfort episode, and it was personally one of my earlier comfort episodes that like when I lived on this tiny island and we didn't have cable, my sister would videotape DS9 and Voyager and mail them to me. And I had that one on a videotape that I probably watched like more than anything else because I just thought it was so fun. Yeah. I really love the fact that how intentional it is for this episode to be kind of before we get the big dramatic denouement of the show that wraps everything up and finishes everything out and We'll leave your heart broken in a few places. We get uh, this one episode that's just totally fun and totally mm-hmm. off the wall in terms of plot. And 
I like that they took that, but they also didn't use that as a means to just kind of rest on their laurels and say, it doesn't matter. This is a, this is a comedy episode. This is a fun episode. We don't really have to put the whole, there is effort put in. There's a lot of it and it's really appreciated. And again, coming back to Cisco making some commentary in there, I think that the scene where he's talking to the historical stuff on the holodeck is very important. Yeah. Absolutely. This is this is a personal soapbox, but I think we're kind of seeing a we've seen a few shows in recent years trying to do revisionist history. I'm thinking specifically of that Ryan Murphy Hollywood show where they're like, okay, but this is this is historical, but we revised it a little bit so that we can have people being openly gay and there's mm-hmm. women visiting sex workers and stuff. It's like, okay, I see why you want to put that in here, but are you being unfair to the people who struggled historically? Because of this, the people who were locked up because they were gay, the, the trouble that sex workers went through, just all this stuff. Are you doing that a disservice by just kind of leaping over that? Mm-hmm. And this is just such an excellent example and articulation of that. Yeah. Like, I don't know that it, the question is ever 100% satisfactorily resolved, but I think it's important no, that they not. raised it and it yeah. was really good for the time. Even if it was just a little acknowledgement. Yeah, definitely. If you're cool, I will spin off that for a second. And because uh, it just occurs to me that there are, I would say, several holodeck episodes that are that qualify as comfort episodes. And the yeah. other DS9 holodeck episode that I believe was brought up at one point in our uh, listener comments was uh, Take Me Out to the Holosuite. Ah, oh, such a feel-good uh, episode. Death to the opposition. To manufactured victories. I love it so yeah. much. You're out of there. There's so much of the episode that's just this crew, again, with the found family thing, just kind of being there for each other and being like, okay, this is ridiculous, but this means a lot to you, so I'm all in. That makes it so fun. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think like a TNG example would be um, Fistful of Datas. Oh my gosh. Fistful of Datas is just so unabashedly silly also. Yes. There's a lot of really silly, fun uh, holodeck episodes uh, throughout the series. That's part of the appeal of the holodeck episode, the sort of anything goes aspect of it. Yes. Let's get these people in some period costumes. Let's let these actors stretch their legs a little. Yes. If there is a Satan's robot, all the better. (laughs) Uh, It does really make you wish that the cast of TOS got to do a few holodeck episodes. But I guess they've got a few episodes that kind of count, like short leave. Yeah, and I guess like they almost kind of an equivalent would be the episodes where they're on the planets that have adopted the human cultures, like the gangster episode, a piece of the action. I feel like if they had had the holodeck, then that could have just been a holodeck episode. It, it had the same kind of like character that you would see in the later series. Yeah. And on that note, we did have a few, uh, one or two TOS episodes recommended to us. One we've got on here is The Way to Eden. At LC Tecores on Twitter said, Space Hippies, TOS, The Way to Eden. It's an episode that's so dated and campy, but with a real lesson, which was the core of ST's original philosophy that shone through. And that absolutely is a spectacle episode just in terms of the aliens of the week are so visually out there and (laughs) such a, what am I trying to say? Such a reflection of 60s idea of visually out there. And I appreciate that a lot. And also you get to just see them having a jam session with Spock. Oh man. It's yeah. There's, 
you know, I would say that the way to Eden falls into maybe the, the category of like bad yet entertaining. Um, oh. Like I would I would put Spock's brain in there that like, <laughs> sometimes you just want to watch a really silly episode. I do think there is like, as, uh, as our commenter pointed out, a real lesson in there. Mm-hmm. But it's not maybe not like the top of the TOS list, but it's very funny. And you're right, the costumes yeah. are bonkers. The like, this like kind of paisley moo-moos and it's this, the giant wigs uh, oh my gosh gotta love a spectacle they need to yeah this whole like we need to make this uh star trek more attractive to the young people millennials am i right this is what the young people are into right <laughs> yes they like big hair and body paint <laughs> that's what the young people are into that sounds mm-hmm. about right Ugh. yeah it's a fun one. It really is. Do you have another one you want to pick? Sure. I will go to uh, the only disco episode that was suggested. Yeah, <laughs> um, disco. Not usually much of a chill out show, is it? No. And, you know, so Lee suggests the war without the war within. I would suggest that maybe more of a cathartic comfort. But the comment from Lee is, I just really love Cornwell, which fair. Yeah. So I think this is interesting because, yeah, I, I mean, Disco is is a show that, while I love, I haven't gone back and rewatched that much because I generally find it, like, first of all, it's hard to find standalone episodes, and I don't tend to find it very comforting, although, like I said, this season I'm feeling like it's much more cathartic than previously. But one Disco episode that I would put on the list for, like, a standal- mostly standalone comfort episode is New Eden from mm-hmm. season two. I think that has, I mean, it's a more classic kind of Star Trek, like, Planet of the Week episode. Absolutely. And they're fighting religious ignorance, and there's funky stained glass windows, and a bunch of Canadian actors, and (laughs) it's optimistic. And, you know, there's, like, the people from the backward society that want to believe in science, and, like, it has, you know elements that we're familiar with from from other Trek series as as kind of like optimistic values pieces. So I really enjoyed The Way to Eden. Or sorry, not The Way to Eden. New <laughs> Eden. We just talked about The Way to Eden. Way to one the is war. about space hippies and one the way to is, New Eden. And one is about a church planet that has stained glass of the red angel that they don't know what it is yet. There's definitely crossover potential there. And I, I feel like we need to put a pin on that and come back to it later. Yeah, that was also like the first episode that fi- that gave like a little bit of teaser for how awesome Awoshkun could be as oh, a character, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which we are still waiting for more. But hint, hint we yes. are waiting. But yes, it's, uh, it's great. Another one that's got, I appreciate just because it's a really low stakes episode in that there isn't too much to actually get tense over is Virtuoso from Voyager. And we've got a comment from Anne-Marie saying, it's cute and funny with amazing music and the most beautiful moment at the end really captures the human condition and feels hopeful. I just love it. And if you don't remember, Virtuoso is the one when the doctor on Voyager accidentally introduces music to an alien species and it blows their minds and they just think he's the coolest for this because he can sing. And then at the end, they basically discover rock music and they're like, we're done with you. (laughs) They get into prog rock and then they're like, it's all over, old man. Get out of here. But it is really sweet. It's, It's such an, it's basically the story of the Nightingale and we made a newer, better version. Bye. But like the doctor. Doctor is, you know, feels like he's finally being appreciated for something that kind of he had a say over because, yeah. you know, most of what he does on a daily basis is his original programming is medicine. And he kind of loses sight of 
the way that he is valued for the way he's evolved and who he's become and yeah the voyager crew aren't always that great at showing him no so yeah it's a it's a really sweet episode well one detail that also just kind of cracks me up about it is when he gets to the species and is like communicating with them about you know this is this is music this is this awesome thing that we have in our part of the galaxy and one of like the alien leaders he's talking to is played by paul williams who's a really famous songwriter and actor he wrote all the music to the horror musical, The Phantom of the Paradise. He was the Penguin in the Batman cartoon from the 90s, and he has written a ton of really famous songs. One of the, one of the best being The Rainbow Connection, and oh. also the theme song to The Love Boat. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yeah, so being like, what is this music? But coming from this prolific songwriter is pretty hilarious to me. Can I throw in another random silly Voyager episode, which is um, Absolutely. Pre- Live Fast and Prosper, the one with the con <laughs> artists that are oh pretending to be like Janeway and Tuvok and the, the guy who's pretending to be Tuvok, who's like the method actor. The method actor, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. <laughs> It always makes me think of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode when they're trying to make a video for the station, but they decide that the real people aren't jazzy enough, so they hire in actors, and the guy's like, I think that my Ray Holt is secretly a drug addict. (laughs) Yes. And he's super into it. (laughs) Uh, There's some great episodes of, of, well, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but also Voyager, and like, yeah, I, I just, it's... A lot of these ones that are kind of sillier feel like they can they kind of come in later seasons, maybe that, you know, they weren't so worried about how characters were going to be taken, or they're just like the characters are more relaxed into themselves. Maybe they weren't worried about having anything to prove. Who knows? Yeah. Or maybe they were just like, you know what, let's do something fun for the cast this time around. Mm-hmm. For well, sure. Good times. That's going to be my, my catchphrase of this episode. Good times! <laughs> I slowly morph into good times Grace, who can only speak in catchphrases and talk about upbeat episodes. Word. That's what we're learning from this episode. Nine nine. <laughs> My gosh, did you see the trailer for the Quebecois version that's coming out? No. That's the thing that's coming out. What? Want to watch something and feel like you're looking at it through a funhouse mirror? I do. French Is it thing. called Nuff Nuff? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I couldn't tell it was in French. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's your segue. Segue. For our Patre- Patreon, we do a thing called the Spore Jump, where we do episodes about non-Trek topics for our patrons at a certain level. Uh, so you folks just recorded one on horror stuff? Yeah, yeah, we did. It was uh, one of those episodes that went off the rails really fast because it's a Excellent. topic that it's really easy for those of us who are horror fans to get talking about and... It's always fun to try and explain really weird, bizarre stuff to Sue because she is, oh, Sue, very much that what are you talking about? (laughs) But uh, we haven't done one on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so I feel like that needs to be added to the list. Something we could do, definitely. Yes. All right. But back to our comfort episodes. Yes. Well, there's one more Voyager one. Oh, actually, there's two more Voyager ones on the list. So let's let's knock those off. So I I felt like it was necessary to include a Sue, not our Sue, but another Sue, (laughs) who I'm sure is equally awesome, uh, says you're of hell because then I feel better that somebody has got it tougher than me. (laughs) And you're not alone. There's definitely something to be said about that. (laughs) I actually feel like we published an article on the blog about it. Yeah. uh, About like, uh, yes, we did. And I will, I will double check, but 
I believe it was by Kelly. And it was about basically like using drawing lessons from Year of Hell to navigate turbulent times. And I I definitely know that feeling of, you know what, I, I need to know that someone else is having a harder time than me just to put it in perspective, because I've definitely had frustrated days where the only way I could unwind was by like putting on reruns of I shouldn't be alive in the background or something. Oh, because I'm a monster. Yeah, Year of Hell is definitely all about persistence and about, you know, needing to rely on your support network and that that's okay. And that you can survive without coffee. And what cost, though, really? Yeah. But there's a happy ending at the end and all <laughs> that, so. Yes, if you do want more on it, the article is called Surviving the Year of Hell, Insights for, from Star Trek Voyager. And it was written by Kelly Fitzpatrick on our blog back in June. And the other episode we've got from Voyager on our recommended list is The Muse from Voyager. I think it's just Muse. The Muse is that Muse. DS9 one. <laughs> How many Muse-based Star Trek episodes are there? My God. Is that James L. Brooks movie secretly a Star Trek episode? Who knows? So at Fruiter says, I love Muse from Voyager, Balana saving herself, supporting the arts, and stopping a war. Which yeah. is the episode where Balana crash lands on a planet and a theater writer finds her and starts making a series of plays based around Balana and the adventures of Voyager in very old-timey Greek theater style. Definitely. And I'm, I'm going to admit I'm a little biased on this because I studied Greek theater in college. So there's a lot of just little bits of that that cracked me up on a on a deep level. And also, I got to love anything that's part of the gag of it is for the theater. It's about the arts and how the autistic temperament is so volatile. <laughs> Yeah, and um, this also led to just a lovely exchange on her Twitter about how awesome Bolana is, which I always appreciate. She is. is. I love Bolana. I would say that Bolana tends to have more of the like cathartic comfort episodes, but this is a a good one that uh, to pull out that uh, doesn't necessarily put you through the ringer. (laughs) Yeah, it's just Bolana stranded on a planet, and you know she's going to make it out okay because otherwise, this would be the weirdest way for them to kill her off. Yes. I feel like that's a comfort there. Just like, no, there's, there's no way they write up, they end this character this weird. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have a, a TNG suggestion from Annika, which is Rascals, which you, you know is one of our faves on, on Women at Warp. And uh, Annika says, mainly for the Guinan and Rose subplot, the reminder to take time to play to let go, jumping on the bed, the last coloring scene, and the whole episode is just silly and fun. And then Jenny adds, Rascals for sure. I need more tiny Picard temper tantrums. I need to see my father. Now, 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 now. This is actually the episode I was watching when I was late to start recording because I wanted to get to that part before we get to start. Because, oh my gosh, you you just know that Riker was giving him a hard time for that for the rest of the time, they, for the rest of their entire friendship. Just like, hey. Remember that time you got turned into a 12-year-old and threw a complete and total hissy fit? That was great. I love it. He's my number one dad. Uh, So how comforting was it, Grace? Incredibly. Also, just sometimes, again, watching people who you love and care about and seeing them just kind of working through this weird, out there, not necessarily horrifying situation and just being like, you know what? 
sometimes life throws you a curveball and it's super weird. And sometimes you just got to say, well, this is, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Okay. What do I do? <laughs> and I appreciate that in this episode. Yes. Also the, the, the little children costumes. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Baby Guinan and baby Roe. We little fancy lad, Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. You could just see him like in a little Lord Fauntleroy outfit. <laughs> frolicking around the decks saying where are my berries and cream (laughs) this rich fiction i'm evolving here for fancy lad picard yes i feel like this needs a spinoff fan fiction series (laughs) like it's an alternate universe like what if he didn't get turned back what if he just decided to live out all of his dreams that he didn't get to fulfill as a child like Peter Sellers style, just be like, no, that's my life's work now. I'm going to go and I'm going to tell my brother he's a butt face. (laughs) But now I'm doing it as a Starfleet captain. Yes. Just retires, takes that sweet Starfleet pension and gets up to, you know, all the stuff you never got to do as a kid. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like reverse big. That would be awesome. Or even just, you know, he has to keep bleeding the Enterprise, but he just looks like he's 12. <laughs> uh, pretty great. There's just the one ship in the fleet that's led by a 12-year-old. And they still <laughs> invite him to, like, banquets and huge historical agreements and stuff. And every now and then someone will lean in and just be like, is, is that a 12-year-old? Is, <laughs> is he someone's kid? And they're like, no, he, he actually brokered this whole thing. What? Yeah. Can I ask? No, don't ask. Don't. Uh, don't ask. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Don't get into it. It did surprise me that we didn't get any Q episodes that I saw um, named. Actually, to be fair, I didn't note down everyone that just suggested episodes by title with no explanation. So it's possible people suggested some Q episodes and didn't explain why. And just a note, that gets you more likely to have your comment read if you elaborate rather yes. than just give us a title. We, we appreciate to all of them but there were so many that we had yeah. to i had to pull the people that also said why it was a comfort episode especially because like this definitely didn't happen but if someone had been like q2 i would have been like i don't believe you i i would consider that one of my comfort episodes actually why <laughs> because i will be completely honest i have a special affection in my heart for characters who are just kind of smug little shit lords because they speak <laughs> to me personally very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Q Jr. to a T. Fair, fair. And also, then. I appreciated the friendship between him and Echeb and just how sometimes if you were the only two people in an age group, in a group of people, you got to kind of start a friendship based entirely around that. Mm-hmm. I think mine's probably Deja Q, which is, Deja Q is the one where he turns into a human, right? Yes. Yes. And requires 10 chocolate sundaes. Yes. And, and Guinness just- stabs him with a fork. That episode has got so many great one-liners in it. Also, just you got to love anytime you get a good John Delancey one-liner. That's fuel for the soul. Mm -hmm. How do I have to prove to you that I'm mortal, Die. We also didn't get any Picard suggestions. Yeah, for some reason, Picard, not exactly the most chill series. Yeah. Talking. Even the one called Nepenthe. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I mean, uh, you know, as we were talking about with the, you know, cathartic episodes, and I certainly know that, you know, folks have written about why, like, an episode like Nepenthe meant something to them because of, like, grief they had been through and, and similar, like, similar to, like, some of the heavy episodes like The Visitor and stuff that have helped people process grief in their own lives. 
but not necessarily like something you just want to pull out when like you've had a really rough day. Is it one that you watch when you've got your friends over and are having a slumber party just for funsies? Yeah. That's that's part of my grading criteria there. Yes, for sure. Uh, just, just Star Trek in general is so much my comfort show. Having to just dial it down to specific episodes is such a challenge. Well, I mean, yeah. Definitely. One of my favorite comments that we got just because of the, <laughs> the like commentary with it, which I also felt like we had to include here for Sue's benefit, was from Rachel. I reached new heights recently when after a rough week, I watched Attach twice in one day. Yes! Oh, and why? Because the way they, they being Picard and Crusher, this is the one where they are like psychically linked. The way they work together and support each other and their loving relationship is on max in that whole episode. It's, it's true. so great. Even if the ending guts you every time. My goodness, yes. I love how even people with, uh, like, earrings or shippers have a specific shipper-appropriate comfort episodes. Oh, yes. I love that. Also, I gotta say again, just the way that Crusher says croissant. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so beautiful. And, and like, also, you know, Riker's just, like, hard-ass diplomacy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that episode. And yeah, I, I will I will side with the shippers that the ending was not justified given what came later. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll save that for our less comfort-based mindset. Yep. yep. But certainly when I was a JC shipper, I had probably like three or four episodes that were like the comfort JC shipping episodes. I, l- I love that you get to say that like, oh, back in my adventure yes. school days. That was that was pretty much it. Yeah. Back when I was a gadabout on AO3. <laughs> it was uh, it was fanfiction.net was the big thing. Yes. Then. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Oh, yeah. memories. And even like pre-fanfiction.net when we had like dial-up internet and... You know, there would be these, like, 38-chapter, barely explicit fanfics. That's that's the measurement of just how primitive these years were. Ugh, there was barely any sex. You couldn't even <laughs> or search maybe... by kinky sexual act. It was the dark ages. Maybe I just didn't know enough to f- of where to find those things. I'm sure <laughs> they were out there. But, yeah, like, weirdly, Coda, which I is... Uh, it's an okay episode, but it's like... Chakotay, like, it's really upset that she's dead. And I'm like, this is very comforting. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I can bring it back to TNG for a second. Yes. Honestly, any episode that has Luxana in it is going to comfort me because I am one of those weirdos who just likes to be aesthetically comforted by seeing sparkle, shiny, pretty things. Mm-hmm. Just a very oddly specific thing I know but you know what that's how my brain works yeah and also I like I like to imagine that someday I too when I am old and whatever color wig I'm wearing that day will be able to be flamboyant and outrageous yeah which is which is like the more hip version of when I'm old I will wear purple when I'm old I am gonna be the weirdest most out there old lady you have ever met Yes, Luxon is all of our aging goals. Yes, basically. Except maybe I don't want to have, you know, fall in love with David Ogden Steers and then have him die. That would kind of bite. Especially because he died already. Oh my god. <laughs> Aww. Oh, but, 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 I could take that back with a neat David Ogden Steers 
tidbit story I've got. Yes. My family is from Eugene, Oregon, which apparently David Ogden Steers lived there for a while. And apparently he is a, was a sick longboarder. So every now and then when my dad would go back to the hometown to visit the parents, he'd just be driving along and, oh, hey, it's, who's that old? There's an older guy on a skate. That's, that's David Ogden Steers from MASH. He is on a skateboard. He is grinding the hell out of it. Awesome. What? That's amazing. That was just a thing you could say, see around Eugene, Oregon at one point. Yeah. And I love knowing that because that brings me uh, a comfort in me heart. Indeed. Yes. That mental image there. Mm-hmm. There was one more TNG suggestion from at Logbook Guy on Twitter yes. who says, I love pen pals. The entire universe isn't ending. Some research is conducted. There's a nice non-end-of-the-world ethical prime directive debate. A planet is calmly saved. Data makes a big-fingered friend. And there's a lovely hollow horse. (laughs) Sheer bliss. It's true. You really also gotta love this episode for the fact that, you know, not not to genderize tropes too much or anything, but Picard is totally a horse girl. Yeah. He's totally that kid who's into horses. Mm hmm And you gotta appreciate that he's just so unabashed about it. Like, these are the best! I love horses. They're so cool, Troy. <laughs> She's like, I'm so happy you're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And it it is a very sweet episode just in terms of, uh, I feel like it says something about sci-fi fandom and just the love of sci-fi in general that we all want to believe that somewhere out there in space, beyond what we know personally, there is a kindred spirit out there mm-hmm. who is on our side. And I think that's just such a comforting thought. And I yes. think it's something we all at heart want to believe. This is also the reason why I love the episode uh, Thine Own Self, which mm-hmm. is the one yeah. where Data has amnesia and they the people on this primitive planet think that he's an Iceman. But ah. there's like the, the little girl that ah. befriends him yeah. and is like, convincing her her teacher and her dad to listen to data science (laughs) and yeah that like i think you know sometimes when we feel like we need to be comforted we have similar feelings of vulnerability to when we're children oh absolutely you know and this feeling that like we just want to feel like we're safe and you know so this being like where's my data where's my data who will tell me i'm safe um or like when i was watching um discovery uh season three episode two um hopefully this is not i don't think this is too much of a spoiler to say there's a very nice moment where saru boosts tilly's esteem and reassures her that like she she is a a good representative of a federation and she that was is. like where's my saru <laughs> i need my saru <laughs> there's so many characters who you take comfort from to the degree that you want to comfort them and hug them and be like it's okay it's okay i'm protecting you from this show yeah just like warms my heart cockles <laughs> if i can briefly segue on data blue Absolutely. did a really good article recently about uh sexualizing and robotic characters and there's a point where they point out, I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting the actual cartoons who said its name, but they were talking about being on a panel and talking about finding Data sexy, and another person responded with, no, I can't find Data sexy, he's my child! Oh. And I appreciated that, and that will stick in my brain for so long. Too protective to sexualize. Yeah, we have, yeah, it's like we all have interesting relationships, yeah, with with these characters. And that is just sometimes, like, sometimes you cast a character as a parental parental figure or a child figure or a romantic figure or a sexy figure. And 
friend or whatever. And um, yeah, it's like interesting. And then you hear someone like viewed it totally differently. <laughs> and both are valid. And then there's characters like Janeway where different writers are trying to throw all of those at once at her. And it's like she's spinning plates like, da, 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 da. I'm your mother figure. I'm sexual. I'm your child. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm a mother. <laughs> I'm a holographic Jane Eyre stand-in. I do not feel ashamed. <laughs> Delete the wife. <laughs> uh, gots to love us some Janeway. Yeah. Let's just take them up. Because comfort characters are definitely a thing, too. Just mm-hmm. one that you personally dial into and just seeing whatever they're up to makes you feel like you're checking in on a friend sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, Tilly is one for me because of that like hopefulness mm-hmm. and just kind of like wide-eyed optimism a bit yeah. and you know just seems like a normal person dealing with you know anxiety or potentially neurodivergence and like it just uh, she's like a very relatable character but has you know really keeps always being hopeful surprisingly for me Bashir is really one of those characters in terms mm-hmm. of I know I definitely rub a lot of people the wrong way on first impressions and I always feel like I'm kind of the new kid in any situation who just showed up and is being misread incredibly. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just also just that character's growth is so comforting in terms of, oh, what am I trying to say? We are all attempting to grow. We are all mm-hmm. attempting to manifest the person we want to be, mm. which is yeah. my, my super zen moment. Yeah, that's what I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have uh, one more TOS one. Did you want to read that one? From Marina, we've got Journey to Babel. Journey to Babel, hands down. It was a great episode that got me hooked on Star Trek. It has everything that is Star Trek. Elements, hope for a better future, a murder mystery. And most importantly, Leonard McCoy finally getting the last word. I have lost count of how many times I've seen it, and it always manages to ground me, if not cheer me up. And that's definitely, that is excellent, because, again, journey to Babel. Yeah. You get aliens, you get them eating weird little fruit crystal bits. What more could you want? I always kind of love when Star Trek characters' parents show up and they're lovely and embarrass them. I love that trope. He had, it was like a seal and it's like a teddy bear. And McCoy just going, a teddy bear? (laughs) It's like, um, even though I wouldn't, I I think the episode Family from TNG is obviously amazing. I wouldn't necessarily call it a comfort episode, but the the Worf part with his parents is similarly adorable. Mom, you're embarrassing me. (laughs) (laughs) There's a rule of comedy that directly how serious the character takes themselves is proportionate to how funny it is to hear them say the words, Mom, you're embarrassing me. (laughs) Yes. Uh, oh, good times. Also, Kyle Riker. Never, <laughs> never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Journey to Babel, yes. Journey to Babel has that plus all those other things that Marina mentioned, and it's so good. Also, just eye candy episode in terms of them trying to do a bunch of alien species in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the Tellarites and the Andorians. Yeah. And- this is one of the first uh, Andorian appearances, isn't it? I believe so. And also um, Amanda's outfit. Oh my um, gosh. The, the cloak. Yes. Uh, uh, so to die for. It looks so comfortable, but so over the top. And I appreciate that. 
Because mm-hmm. you could just really lounge around the house in that. You can be sitting in that, watching your stories, and then say, oh, got to go to this banquet. And you're good to go. <laughs> just throw on some gloves and big hair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to live in that future. Totally. <laughs> you see, I don't, think, I don't think we have any listener examples anymore. So do you have a comfort-based topic or thought that you want to leave our listeners with? Well, I also feel like I would be remiss if like neither of us mentioned the animated series at all. Yes, that's true. I I don't know that I would say that, you know, every episode is equally comforting. Mm -hmm. As we did a watch along recently and we were watching the Ambergris incident. And we were like, "Um, this is very visually stunning, but a little boring. We're like, this is a cartoon. How is it so boring? Had they not discovered children's attention spans back then? But there are there are many great examples of animated series episodes that are just joyful and uh, hilarious, and uh, generally, generally, I love it. Yeah, there's a lot to love. There's a lot to love in Star Trek in general, and I'm glad that it's a thing that we, you know, all as different fans of all stripes can look to it and be like, yeah, this is a thing that brings me joy, mm-hmm. and connect over that. And that's at its core why I love being a Trekkie and being in the Star Trek fandom. Yes. Yeah. I love that we had a lot of suggestions that were, I think, kind of like more or less universal. Like everyone would be like, yes, this is a comfort episode. But then a lot of people who had like a really personal reason for for picking that thing. Yeah. Everyone's got their own personal relationship to it. And that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if if you want to write to us and tell us more about your comfort episodes or, or comfort characters, uh, I will we'll give you the information at the end of the show and we we would love to hear more from you and I hope that we have suggested some episodes that you might want to pull out to to improve things in your life and hopefully our yammering has been in some way a comfort to you we can we can only hope yeah we can and you know what hope is important hope hope that's that's the the note we're ending on hope <laughs> Oh, and any episode where there's puppies, those are good too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that. <laughs> oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about tribbles, but maybe we um, I think we can no. all agree that they're comforting. Tribble episodes are comforting. Uh, I, I mean, maybe not the trouble with Edward. Maybe not short tracks. Yeah, definitely. Maybe not not so comforting. But trouble with tribbles. If it's over half an hour long and it has no wait, there's the animated series. If it's over twenty minutes long and has tribbles in it, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. There, I'll single out that episode of the animated series as the specific example. I believe it was called More Tribbles, More Troubles. And they're or pink, something. so it's cute. Even cute. Yeah. Yeah. So, but maybe the, the comfort-based ranking system would be a, a certain number of tribbles. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And if it's like extra effective, they're purring. Yes. Awesome. That's, that's our comfort-based tribble system. The tribble index <laughs> it's like a scoville unit but for how much it makes you go oh yeah so that's about all the time we have for today where can people find you elsewhere on the internet jara you can find me on twitter at j-a-r-r-a-h penguin or you can find me at trekkiefeminist.com and i'm grace and you can find me on twitter at bone crusher jank b-o-n-e-c-r-u-s-h E-R-J-E-N-K, and definitely not, you know, tired and overwhelmed and forgetting how to spell my own Twitter username. It happens. It does, definitely. I 
I constantly ask myself, my God, why didn't I just come up with something shorter? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. It's too late to rebrand at this point. But to learn more about our show or to contact us, visit womenatwarp.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Women at Warp. You can also email us at crew at womenatwarp.com. And for more Roddenberry podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com. Thank you so much for listening and take care of yourself.